This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We're known as the Caring Place. And we've been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida for 99 years, just one year short of our centennial. Good morning again. I'm Ron Brummett. I happen to be the president, and I've been here. Uh, in fact, I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. I've been here 31 years, 30 years uh, in ministry with the mission and 31 years in total. And so I pray that you and your family remain safe, taking safeguards. So much has happened this last week. Uh, you know, we try to make it real easy with what we do in Miami and Broward. We're simply here to love on the homeless and the needy and the women that are experiencing domestic violence and those that just fell through the cracks and need a helping hand up in life. And politics gets involved and finances gets involved and, and so many things get involved. But the many years that I've been here, uh, I've always seen people from all walks of life, from all different faiths, from all political backgrounds we can agree on one major thing is to help those that are hurting. So it's been a quite a blessing. We had a tremendous holiday season, even with COVID and the pandemic, we were able to bless thousands of people. Uh, we had a wonderful Christmas outreach where over 700 families, that's 700 families, that's probably close to 2,000, 3,000 people were blessed with uh, toys and, and clothes and food and items and just let them know that people do care about them. And we can't do everything that we do uh, without the support of a community. Uh, I said earlier that I've been here 30 years as far as an employee, a staff person, but I've been here 31 years in February 1st. So this is a one of those monumental times in life. You know, you go through your decades, you have things that you're looking at, things that really mean a lot to you. Uh, achievements. I can't believe I've been here 30 years as a staff member in 31 years. Uh, in total, that I, I actually I'll give you a little bit of history of myself. Some of you know my story, but if you're a first time tuner inner, uh, let you I'll let you in as some of my background. I I actually grew up here in Miami and came from a very dysfunctional family and uh, it was an alcoholic family. And I had promised myself as a child and growing up in adolescence that I would never be like my parents and I would never do drugs and I would never do alcohol. Uh, I actually grew up in the 60s and graduated in the 70s from high school. And actually, uh, and that's a time when we had the hippies and them, you know, a lot of drug usage was going on, but I was going to be a good kid and I wasn't going to do it. And I actually ended up going into the service uh, at, in, in the, at the end of Vietnam uh, War. And in the service, I got introduced to drugs. There's a lot of drugs being taken and I wanted to fit in. So I went ahead and started using and dibbling and dabbling, drinking and doing drugs and I uh, was able to have a great time, I thought, a great party time. But that kicked off something inside of me. And when I got out of the service, I didn't stop using drugs. In fact, I started getting, I drew into it even further and further and further. And I'm not going to get into all the details. That would take a long, 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 long time. But my story is something uh, similar to many of the homeless people that come to us for help. You know, when you see a homeless person on a bus bench or you see him begging on a street corner, 
Sometimes we want to think, you know, hey, that person can get a job. If they can stay and stand there for five or six hours walking around with a cardboard sign saying, help me, I'm sure they can get a job someplace. But we don't know the story behind those individuals. Or you see a woman on the street. Or sometimes you see a woman and children on the street. You don't know uh, what's taken place in their life the last week or the last year, the last 10 years or 15 years. And so I, unfortunately, uh, I had done through a lot of things. I had made a lot of accomplishments, but I never was able to really get over my addiction. And my addiction brought me down to such a low, low place in life that I found myself. I had burned all my bridges. I had disappointed so many people in life. And then I found myself in 1987 on the streets of Miami. And for the next two and a half years, basically, uh, I stayed on the streets. So I'd be little pockets of time. I had enough money where I could stay someplace. But basically, I was on the street. And I'm I'm probably one of those people that you might see at a, at a, at a intersection begging for money or at a convenience store begging for money. Uh, I, I continually try to hustle and make money. And all the money I made, like so many homeless people, went to my addiction. But in 1989, the very end of that year, it was the coldest year that I can remember. We even had in records here in, in South Florida. Uh, in fact, I was watching a thermometer, one of the digital thermometers, where I was trying to stay warm somewhat. I only had a shirt and a pair of shorts and some uh, beat-up sneakers. But it's the temperatures were dropping so rapidly, and it got down to the 20s. I think that was the time when you actually experienced snow. And uh, as it as it went down, like I said, I can't live like this. I can't do this. And I called up a pastor of mine when I was a little kid, and he came and got me. And I ended up at the Miami Rescue Mission as a resident, as a client. And I tell you, I was uh, shell shock. Uh, I was away from the cold. I had a place to stay. I had uh, food. I had people around me that seemed to care. And I remember uh, those that first year that I was in the mission. All the different types of volunteers that came in, uh, people did chapel services. They served in the kitchen. Uh, they would sit around and, and help us in doing certain things, you know, bringing clothes in and volunteering and all that. And what an impression that made on me. I said, here are people that really don't know me or know the other men that were in the program. And yet they care so much. They're coming out. Uh, we had faith groups coming out, praying with us, uh, providing pizza nights and movie nights and trying to make life a little normal and bring us encouragement and also holding us accountable and responsible. Uh, at that time, when I came into the to the men's center, uh, HIV was very prevalent and people were dying from that. I was very grateful that I didn't have that and never experienced any of that. But I did have homelessness. And so here I am and I, I could go on and on and on. But God has been so good. You know, I made a spiritual decision while I was in the in the mission that I wanted to serve the Lord. I wanted to serve others. And uh, in that February, the following year, in 1991, I was actually hired on. I lived in the building. In fact, I lived many years in the building. And I've just done a little bit about everything that the mission does. I've done uh, janitorial work, maintenance work, uh, food service, drove trucks, picked up items for our thrift store. Uh, had become a counselor, went back to college to get a degree in psychology, uh, went to Bible college. I, I did a, I have done a lot in the last 30 years, met a wonderful woman. Uh, I'm still uh, in, deeply in love with her. She's the vice president of development, rather. She's not with the volunteer. She started off as the volunteer coordinator, but now she's the vice president of development. I got that right. So Marilyn, you're listening. I got it right. And again, as I look past the last 30 years, I see all the ups and downs. 
when when I came on board, um, homelessness was not a federal a government problem. It was becoming to become a, a government problem since 1987. There was hardly any real centers open for homeless individuals. And now in both counties, in Broward and Miami, uh, they, there's, there's a lot of different centers. The need is still great. And with COVID that's attacked us this last year, the pandemic now, we're forced to make really hard decisions. How many people safely can we keep into our centers? How many volunteers can we let in? How do we do that? Still trying to figure it all out, trying to work with the vaccine now that's become available. How are we going to do that with the homeless and with their staff? But I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I, I, I just think back as one of those reflective moments, you know, 31 years, 30 years here in, in staff and just stayed long enough and moved up and moved up and was asked to do certain things. I never looked for a position or for power or for money. I just wanted to serve and give back and help somebody else like myself. And I'm very grateful to be the president now for the, since 2004. So that's what, 16, 17 years uh, of being the, the, the president. But I'd had so many other different positions. But I do remember uh, and I still, uh, I'm so thankful for all the volunteers that come aboard and help us. You know, you can help us too. We're starting a brand new year. Uh, I know you've probably gotten a lot of mail in your mailboxes and maybe a lot of email in your, in your email systems about helping different organizations. Uh, but I'm so grateful for people that are willing to help us. And you can still help us, especially in the new year. You know, the holidays are over, but our fees, our expenses are still skyrocketing. And you can simply go to caringplace.org, caringplace.org, uh, and you can help us in so many different ways. You can make a financial donation, $2.10 for one meal. You can become a volunteer. We've started our hygiene drive where we'll send out purple bags that you'll fill up with hygiene products. I'll tell you more about that in the, in the program. Uh, but we, there is different ways to help. Even if you can't come in in person, you can help us and help someone like myself that was homeless get a new life. Well, God bless you. Uh, again, Happy New Year. Still early enough to say that. And stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. I'm excited. I have on the phone with me today a daughter, mother, combo. I love it. Krista and Joanna. <laughs> Welcome. How are you guys doing? Hi. Good in you. Good, thank you. Very good. We're so grateful. I'm so happy that we're able to do the interview. I'm grateful to both of you. Um, I know that, Krista, you have a heart as, as big as you. I mean, you are amazing. You do wonderful things in the community. And I know you guys have done beautiful things in the past. Uh, but mo more recently now for Christmas, you delivered such a wonderful amount of toys, brand new for the children in our centers. So thank you so much for doing that. And tell me about your organization, Krista. So I started this organization when I was 12 years old. It all started when I, my name was Bag Lady at first because I used to collect purses and just put toiletries in for the woman in the shelters. But then I came across a friend in elementary school who had some difficulties growing up and of course I told my mom about her I told my parents and I was so intrigued and wanted to help and then once I finally helped her I realized that there are many more people and children just like her so I started Krista Cares well Krista Cares it offers 
helping assistance to women and their children by providing community resources and opportunities through dignity and compassion in an effort to help them regain their self-respect and independence as they get back on their feet, which is why Krista Cares, it's not only to help the, the homeless, it's to help everyone. Because everyone, although you may not be homeless, everyone deserves to have assistance. Uh, absolutely. And and listen, I, I again, thank you. You're super young. I know you started when you were 12, uh, but you are what now, in high school or you're going, you're getting ready to go to college now? I'm in high school. I will be a senior next year. That That's amazing. And you know what? This is so inspiring. And I want our listeners to listen to this. And I know, Joanna, I want to hear from you in a, in a minute here because parents are so important in this wonderful thing that, that, you know, young adults like Krista are doing, right? I mean, if it wasn't right. for Joanna's support, for Joanna being there, for inspiring her, for, you know, it wouldn't be possible. So I want everyone that's listening to really get inspired to do this. Tell me about that experience, Joanna. Well, um, I, I've always done or been involved with community projects, and my, por- my point in getting Krista involved is because she's the only child. I just wanted her to understand and appreciate the value of the simple things, not realizing that it was going to escalate into this. Um, honestly, it, I, it started off as she wanted to help someone, and I didn't think that it was going to amount to what it's gotten to right now until she sat down one day and she told her dad and I says, you know, mom and dad, I don't think you're taking me serious. <laughs> we looked at each other like, what do you mean? We, of course we're taking you serious. Like, and we we're puzzled. Like, what did we do wrong? And she says, well, you told me to follow my heart and you know, you will support me and whatever it is I want to do. But the Krista cares, it's not a hobby. I really want to do this. And so he looked at me and he's like, honey, well, I mean, I guess we just got to do it. And I said, okay. So then it became a nonprofit. So up until then, honestly, it's just been us funding it because as parents, you want, it's our obligation to, you know, see everything through for our children. Right. And you always want them to understand and learn the value of things. You just really, and you, you, you talk to them daily, daily, but you really don't think that they're paying attention. Well, where there's, I always say this to Krista, and I want everyone to understand that where is there, where there's unity, there's there strength. is strength, and it doesn't take just us. It's nice to for everyone to be involved. But she they are really exactly, yes, but but they, they are, and and I know that not are. everyone is going to get probably to that level. I mean, I know Krista. Now you guys have your own organization. I know that not everyone is in you know interested or has the time or the means to do it right. But just giving back right. to the community is so important, even if it is in smaller ways. Absolutely. So that's what I'm trying. This is my message for all of our listeners today. Uh, encourage the younger generations to give back to our community in whichever way they choose to do so. So I'm I'm beyond grateful. Now, if our listeners are interested in, in learning more about Krista Cares and help in any way if they're available or if you guys even allow that, how can they find you? Can they follow you on social media? Tell me about that. Yes, the social media realms, as well, we have the KristaCares.org. Is the website, and then the IG is Krista underscore cares, and Krista spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-A underscore cares, C-A-R-E-S. 
Absolutely. And again, this is about hygiene items. This is about toys. I know you guys have done special events. What am I missing, Krista? Well, I do blankets for the veterans every Chris, around Christmas time. And it's pretty much just to keep the veterans warm, to acknowledge that we care for them and we appreciate everything that they did for us. And also, I have another event coming up in May. It's called the Mother's Day Brunch at the Mayfair Hotel. And it's pretty much a, pamp- a pampering day for the women and their children. And I have to thank well, you more- because our women, the women in our centers, were treated to that event, right? And uh, they came back so refreshed and and feeling so beautiful. (laughs) And I thank you so much for doing that once again. Of course. And so what do you need for May? What do you have planned? Well, I, you can donate anything that would be nice. Oh, and also, well, I'm currently looking for makeup and dresses, like clothing for the women and shoes. Because you want them to feel special. I love it. So if you're able to help Krista in any way, uh, you know she's she's been backed by, by her mom, uh, Joanna. So Joanna, Krista, they can give you the information. Uh, please let us tell our listeners once again the website and, and how do they find you in social media. Yes. Um, the website, again, is KristaCares.org. And the IG is uh, Krista underscore Cares. Um, and then you could reach out to the the email Joe J O at KristaCares.org. Love it. Now for for May, do you already have a date planned uh, for that, or no yet? You're still working on the details. Not yet. We're still waiting on the details and to um, collaborate with the Mayfair Hotel. They usually sponsor the venue, and then. Um, and then, you know, once we get closer to it, they'll give us a date, and then we will communicate that with you. That's wonderful. And um, for any organizations, uh, do you open, uh, do you reach out to other organizations? I know you reach out to us, right? But do you also reach yes. out to other organizations in the community that are uh, serving women? Yes, we do. We reach out to, and we also reach out to uh, local churches and um, schools. Uh, neighboring schools that also may have women that need a little assistance and help and care at that time. If you know of anyone, reach out to me and let me know, and we could uh, connect with them as well so they can enjoy the day as well. Absolutely. Because, Krista, you said something very important, and that resonated with me. Uh, It doesn't have to be a homeless person, right? Sometimes we have so many women in the community that are not necessarily homeless, but they are in need, right? Tell me more about that. Yes, because I started with just women in shelters. But then some women, they they didn't have any babysitters, so they would bring their children. And sometimes they'd also bring uh, their partners that they're with. And they're all going through the same issues. So I decided that I don't want to have it in a specific area that I want to reach. I just want to reach everyone. That is, that is wonderful. Again, I mean, working at a homeless shelter for the last nine years, I know that there's so many faces to homelessness, to needy, to being in pain, uh, to being hopeless. So what you're doing, I think, is so important because it's actually bringing joy uh, to so many women in our community. 
I thank you both so much, Krista. You are inspiring. Thank you for doing what you're doing, Joanna. Thank you for supporting her in her dreams. And I hope to talk to you both of you before May so that we can talk more about the event at the May Fair. Thank you so much for joining us today. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. I'm so excited we have today on the phone with us Barbie Gelpi, who is a wonderful supporter of the Miami Center. She always helps with the women and children activities with us here. Barbie, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you taking the time and and it's a wonderful day. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Yes. Amen. It's a wonderful day. Barbie, thank you so much again. I know I have thanked you a couple of times already. I know that you took the time and you have done this before. This is not the first time you do it. Uh, But for Christmas, you blessed the children uh, in the Center for Women and Children in Miami, and you actually delivered very special gifts for every child in our centers. Thank you for doing that. Tell me about how you were able to accomplish that. Well, first and foremost, I have to tell you that um, the Miami Rescue Mission is a, a place that is very, very dear to my heart and to the hearts of my family. We came to know about the Miami Rescue Mission Back in, I want to say 2001, when my son was in fourth grade and he joined the service club at school, and um, that was our first field trip. And ever since then, it's been a place that my family has definitely resonated with, and we're so, so grateful that a place like the Miami Rescue Mission exists and that you guys give the support and the love that these mother with their children need. And so to answer your question, it was a very easy thing to give from my heart just a tiny, tiny bit because I know that that it's definitely a worthy, worthy cause. Thank you. Thank you so much. And tell me about you. I know you're a mom. I know you're a realtor. Tell, tell us more about Barbie. Well, um, Barbie is a native of Miami. I was born and raised here, and I absolutely love living in Miami. I love everything about our beautiful city. I love the people. I love the energy. I love the consciousness, and I love the flavor and the heart of our city and everyone in it. And so... That's one thing. And then uh, I've been a real estate agent for over 23 years, a mom, as we mentioned before. I am a practicing yogini. So that pretty much, I think, would sum up a lot of, and a, and a super animal lover. That is so wonderful. And, and again, involved in your community, um, giving back to our community, which is, you know, we need more, more people like Barbie. And, and this is to all of our listeners. Find a cause that calls your, your, you know, that is close to your heart. It doesn't have to be the Miami Rescue Mission. Uh, get in touch with an organization that can use your help because it's so rewarding. Am I right, Barbie? Absolutely. And, and to be honest with you, it, it could be such a simple act. Um, back when we started, um, my daughter and my son, the first time we ever uh, made a donation was really inspired by their own little hearts. They decided back then to go Christmas caroling one afternoon, early evening, knock on all the doors and Christmas carol to people from their heart with, um, and then they would tell them that they were collecting donations to be able to buy Christmas gifts 
for the children at the Miami Rescue Mission because, as I mentioned, they had gone on that field trip and they were very moved by that. So a simple, fun activity that they did with their friends, Julia and Andrew, that day um, started this process, started this process of just a simple collection and then a distribution from the heart. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And they had fun doing it. Listen, Barbie, I don't want to run Absolutely. out of time. I know you are a realtor. If anybody wants to uh, work with you because, you know, you have a big heart and you help the community, and, and I love what you do, how can they get in touch with you? Well, very simple. They can reach out to me via email, uh, realtorbarbie, B-A-R-B-I-E, Gelpi, G-E-L-P-I, at gmail.com. You can call me, 305-744-2718 is my business number. And, of course, on social media, You can find me as well on Instagram, Realtor Barbie Gelty, and I'm happy here to help anyone. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us and continue to do exactly what you're doing. Thank you so much for everything. No, thank you for doing what you do. I appreciate you so much. Well, every week we come to you with so many interviews of people doing uh, great things in our community, but you know the highlight. Uh, of our program really is when we get to talk to people who are going through life change or have gone through life change. And I'm so happy that today I have with me Daryl. And first of all, I want to say welcome to the program, Daryl. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Well, Daryl, let's go back in time um, and tell us something about what maybe led you to come to the Uh, Miami Rescue Mission, or if you want to go back even further to family life, just start us somewhere. Uh, let's go back a little farther uh, to our family life. Uh, actually, uh, I'm a native here uh, of Miami, Florida, and uh, originally uh, my family lived over town. And uh, to up to about the age of 12, we moved uh, into a home in Carroll City, and uh I went to uh, Carroll City High, and uh, I was a uh, uh, really kind of like dysfunctional kid. Uh, you know, I wanted to do things my way, you know, and uh, I really didn't uh, care for uh, a lot of company and stuff, and uh, so I, I got into whatever I wanted to do, and I, later on I found myself uh, getting in trouble, you know, and uh, being arrested, uh, you know, being kicked out of school things like that. Then along came uh, drugs and uh, the partying and stuff. And uh, so I, I kind of like, you know, I kind of chilled out for a while. And I met a young lady and uh, we got married and I began to raise the family. And uh, we was doing well and, uh, you know, really nice uh, having a family and, and I have two kids. And uh, I met uh, what you call Mr crack cocaine later on and I had never experienced such a thing and uh, it really devastated my life uh, ended up getting a uh, divorce my wife she divorced me uh, and uh, so we were we were divorced and uh, she went her way I went my way well we still you know we had a relationship but uh, it was nothing you know intimate uh, I uh, went on <clears throat> with my life, but I was still doing drugs. And uh, even though I would, you know, have a job, but uh, 
after a while, I would have to get another job because of the people, will, you know, would see that, uh, hey, look, mm-hmm. this guy's not doing what he's supposed to do, you know right. what I'm saying? And um, <clears throat> So uh, eventually, uh, I found myself uh, renting a room inside uh, what they call a trap house. It's really a drug house uh, where they sell and smoke and stuff. So uh, having a background of, uh, of the church in my life, uh, there was some conviction, certain things, you know, uh, I, would, I couldn't find myself to do, even though I was getting high. Mm-hmm. And the people found me kind of strange, and they would even tell me, look, man, you don't even belong here. And uh, You have a conscience. Oh, yes, I did. And um, <clears throat> so uh, it came to a point, even the job I had at that time, uh, I lost it. And uh, I found myself sleeping on the street. Mm. And I was too ashamed to go to my family. And uh, the condition I was in, I really didn't want them to see me like that. Right. And uh, so uh, I found myself sleeping on the bench out there by the bay, uh, not far from the mission. And uh, I woke up uh, one morning and my breakfast was off of a, a tree, a secret tree. I had no money, no, 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 no clothing, just what I had on my back. And uh, I uh, I ate from this uh, seagrape tree, and uh, then I walked along the water edge, and I actually I began to pray. Mm. And uh, so I walked, and uh, I met some people along the way, and then uh, I had asked them about the Miami Rescue Mission. I had heard about it, you know, mm. just hear people talking about it. And so being hungry and looking for food, uh, I uh, asked them, where can I go to get some meat? And they told me, yeah, the Miami Rescue Mission. They are feeding. Okay, Daryl, I hate to interrupt you right now, but we're going to stop right there. And we're going to pick up in just a moment and find out what did bring you to the Miami Rescue Mission. Don't turn that dial to hear the rest of Daryl's story. Well, we're back. We're with Daryl. He's going to tell the rest of his story. We're right at the point where he woke up on a bench uh, by the bay. His breakfast was sea grapes. I've eaten those before. They're not very tasty. And uh, you're walking and you're praying and you met some people and you ask them about the Miami Rescue Mission. So let's pick up your story right there. Oh, yes. Uh, I was told uh, where the Miami Rescue was. I found it welcomed in uh, to a nice meal. So I came in and we sat. We waited to be uh, led into the dining hall. And uh, after getting in there, man, I, I just like gorged myself. Like I was surprised to see all the wonderful stuff they had there. Oh man. And I ate like a hug. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, um, this particular time uh, I ate and then I left. And then the next day I came back. Mm-hmm. But when I came back, Leaving from the mill, I asked a person at the desk, and I said, how can you get into this program? Mm -hmm. And that person told me, say, come Monday, Monday morning, be here at such and such a time. Mm -hmm. And so I was there, and I entered in uh, that morning, that Monday morning. There were several other people in line waiting to be interviewed. And uh, we came in, and... uh, I got a chance to uh, meet some new people, and we talked about, you know, some of the things we were going through, and and you know, even about what we were going through at that time, being uh, 
you know, new members. Uh, You're the newbies. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so, uh, but to make a long story short, since I've been to the rescue mission here, I've been so blessed. It's it's like God did something on the inside of me. It, he changed my heart, even though in the past I was introduced to Christ, but never before had I made him my Lord in my life. And this something that God did in my heart, it was something that it I had nothing to do with this. He did it, and uh, all I wanted to do was to know him and to know change. Mm. And so this time, uh, one evening, as you know, they have uh, service in the evenings, and we're required to go to uh, the meetings. And uh, I was at this particular meeting, and one of the people had... Uh, they had a, a acoustic guitar, and at the end of the service, I asked, I asked the guy, "Could I like you know check it out?" Yeah. He said, "Sure." So I gave him a quick testimony of what God was doing even at that time in my life. So the guy he uh he he let me uh play a song that God had put on my heart, and the next time they came, mm. he brought me a brand new acoustic guitar. Wow! And I've been praising God ever since, and uh, I've been uh, have uh, given the privilege to uh, sing with a bunch of other guys there, the Regeneration Band here, to minister to the people about what Christ is doing in our lives. And uh, it's so, been, and you've also been able to hone in on your talent that you already had, oh. um, and you get to practice and you you get to use that to bless others. Oh, uh, that's that's a great, great, great honor, and uh, I love to praise God, and I love, I just love the people because uh, He shows me where He brought me from, and I know that He can do that for other people, and I want to see the other people come in and experience the love of God. Well, Daryl, because um, we're right at the end here, what is your goal? Well, my goal is, first of all, to complete the Alpha program. I'm now... Uh, and Alpha 114, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I've been... That means you're upperclassmen. Yes, ma'am. And uh, I've been assigned uh, the captain of the team and uh, have this responsibility. My goal is to, you know, take, first of all, the steps that are necessary, you know, like, such as uh, remembering where I come from, number one. My goal is to reach these goals uh, that I have uh, by, you know, working in the community as a positive force. And okay. I, I've already... Uh, I'm going to have to stop you, Daryl, only because we're at the end here. But what a powerful, powerful testimony that you have. I'm going to ask our listeners, would you continue to pray for Daryl? Just remember his name, lift him up. And there's hundreds of men, women, and children that come through our doors in Hollywood and in Miami. They all need your prayers. And uh, just pray that as they come in, you know, I can honestly say, Daryl, that your change started with a prayer and a meal. Uh, you prayed by the bay. You came for that first meal. We often say hope begins with a meal, and you are proof positive of that. Thank you for sharing oh, your story. You're welcome. Very welcome. Wow, what a great testimony. And, you know, that's the highlight of our program. And what we do every day is we're serving thousands of people in the course of a, a, a year, maybe 10,000, 20,000 people. 
uh, if we count all the outreaches that we do, all the food giveaways, all the clothing giveaways, uh, our thrift store operations, everything that we do to help the community. And yet it comes down to that one person. You know, if you're just tuning in uh, early in the program, the beginning, I, I was sharing a little bit of my testimony and my history that uh, this is a very um, pensive time in my life. I've been here 30 years as an employee of the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. I've been here actually 31 years. And my story is that I came in the, in the door just like any other homeless back in 1990, the very beginning of 1990. I worked through all my issues and was blessed to have to see so many people from the community come in to volunteer, to be a mentor, to help the faith groups, just people in general caring about others and was able to turn my life around and became a staff person in 1991. So I've been, this would be my 30th year. It's one of those kind of achievements. You know, you look at your 10th, your 20th, your 25th, and this is my 30th year. I don't know how long, much longer the Lord's going to give me. I'm in great shape. I feel I want to continue to serve him and serve others. But that's all I've, I've always wanted to do. And that's why volunteers and our donors are so very, very special to me. But I know there's people out there that I'll never see their face. I'll never hear their voice, but they send in you know, $20, $100, $10, or they've given bags of food to us or clothing, or they've helped us in our, our thrift store operations where we have a thrift store uh, where we come up to you and go to your house for bigger items, smaller items, you can drop them off with clothing and knickknacks and furniture and lawn equipment and even even uh, automobiles and boats we've taken. And we, well, things that we cannot use, we will use in our, uh, things that we can use, we'll put them in our centers, but things we can't, we'll sell them. And that place is also a training center for a lot of the men and women in our program where they learn the soft skills of employment. Some we hire, some are just getting ready to go out into the community so they can get hired and also get their own place. So I, I just have a deep affection for our volunteers, for our donors, for our supporters. I don't get a chance to say that often. I try to communicate as much as I can. We have thousands and thousands of, of donors and thousands and thousands of volunteers. You know, last year, everything came to a halt as far as our volunteer program. Uh, we weren't able to have the massive numbers of volunteers. We weren't able to have the great outreaches. Uh, but we still, with the pandemic, were able to see people graduate our programs, find jobs, find uh, affordable housing, and be reunited with families, and also uh, be able to reach out to the community with our Thanksgiving outreach and our Christmas outreach and our backpack outreach, all the things that we do through the course of the year to let the community know that people care about them. And you know, you can help us right now as we start the new year, two things we're doing. Uh, we'll send you out purple bags and you fill them up with ho uh, hygiene items, things you may go to your favorite place to shop and look for the BOGOs, you know, buy a toothbrush, get one free. And, and we'll use those items every single day and we'll also give them out to, in our community outreaches. You know, we're serving about 600 people every single day inside of our buildings. That's a lot of toothpaste, a lot of shampoo, a lot of cloths, you know, just things that you would need. And you can can you imagine if you didn't, if you uh, had a, were in a place in life that you didn't shave or comb your hair or wash your face for a couple of weeks on a time, that, that demoralized you. So we want to make sure we have those items when people first come into our buildings, to our centers, and then during the course of their stay. So that's a way to help. And then also you can help us financially with uh, meals and more. Now for $2.10, you can provide a delicious hot meal and hope. Uh, we have a, you can either do a one-time donation or you can become a part of our meals a month program. That's where you want to sponsor five meals a month or five or four meals a month, uh, whatever you can afford. 
And that goes a long way. You know, hope often begins with a meal. I've been here 31 years. I have seen this over and over and over. And one of the reasons I came in was because I wanted a hot, delicious meal. Well, happy new year again to you. We're praying for your safety. We're praying for the healing of our nation. And tune in next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place www.caringplace.org Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 